Good afternoon, family and friends. It is such a pleasure to be here. Whew, I won't ready. But we're going to go ahead and go with this lesson. First of all, I want to thank everyone for joining, whether this is your first time or your second time or you're just a redeemed assembly veteran. I am honored tonight and proud to be a member of Redeemed Assembly of Jesus Christ, where my pastors are Bishop James F. and Lady Sylvia Harris. And it's such a wonderful privilege to be found in a place where they're not just concerned about your spiritual, but when the spiritual crosses over into your natural and you can be complete and whole in him and a ministry addresses all issues. It is such an honor and a privilege today not to be a lopsided person. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to have such amazing sisters and brothers who genuinely care about me and have prayed for me through some dark times. And I love it because we are a powerful group of people who make a difference. And that means so much to me because I don't know if you're out there and you have been prayed through by your sisters and brothers. You know how important that is. So thank you. I'm sending out big hugs tonight. And tonight I request your prayers again as we deliver this topic. And I just have one quest for God is to let his word do the work. And Lord, let your word come through me so that it can deliver and land wherever it needs to be. Because God knows the needs of the audience on tonight. And we give him praise and glory in advance for meeting every need. So we have this topic tonight and it's called, I won't ready for this. All right. The loaded. Yes. So most of the time when we say I won't ready, you know, you always come and it's always a moment where there's a big shock. Um, you can be watching a movie or something is done that catches you off guard. And the first thing you say is, Oh, I won't ready. I won't ready. So it's almost like it's a slang, but it's moments in our lives where we're not quite prepared for and it catches us off guard. And we don't, sometimes we're standing there shocked. It's always that shock reflection that when, when we won't ready, you know, it could be down to, uh, I have had, um, it could be an outfit or some hair, but I won't ready for that. So in other words, it's just a slang term, but today we want to use it in a spiritual connotation. So, so many of us, so many of us, all of this lesson is for us. So, so many of us become handicapped just in preparing. And I don't know about you, but I have spent a lot of my life saying I won't ready and trying to prepare myself for something that God is going to prepare me for as I go. So we are waiting until everything is lined up. We're waiting for the money to be perfect. We're waiting till we are, we know enough, till we're confident, till we're waiting for approval. We're waiting to get that piece of paper. We're waiting for someone to call our name. We're just waiting, waiting, and waiting. We are addicted to practice and never cross over to a performance. We become addicted to practicing and never crossing over to performance. We will never be ready because God is always moving us into new dimensions. And we want that. And he is he's the type of God that wants us to be completely dependent on him in every step that we make. So tonight I want to debunk the idea that man standard man standards of preparation. 
Tonight, I want us to focus on the one thing we have control over, and that is our yes. Yes, Lord. It's one of the two most powerful things that you can say is yes, Lord. Now that yes is loaded with a lot of things that we are not expecting. We don't know, but it's a loaded yes, but it's the most powerful words and it's the quickest avenue and the quickest journey to your destination is just simply yes, Lord. Now, in order for us to give God a yes, we have to trust his motives. Number one, the motive of God. If we can always get that straight, I, I keep saying it everywhere I go is trust the motives of God, because when you know that God loves you, you know that he's there for you and he will not put you in anything that will destroy you. But everything that he does is good. Everything that God does, even when it looks ugly, is working for your good. We have to trust his plan. He has a plan, a perfect plan for our lives. And our plan does not look like our sister's plan and our brother's plan, but we need to start embracing our plan for life. We have to embrace his love, which means that he's going to love us whether we fail through everything. His love is going to be there to sustain us. We have to trust his provision, meaning that whatever we face, God will provide what we need when we arrive. He will provide what we need. In other words, if I if I need to say something, God will fill my mouth. If I need provision, then God will provide a way. He can he can activate anything because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything that we need is in his provision. We need to trust his word, his word. Every single word has to be true. If one letter is false, Everything is false. So we need to actually embrace the full word of God, not that which we're comfortable with, but the full word of God. We also need to trust his character and his character is love. His character is forgiving. His character is power. His character is might. We need to trust the character of God. So you can't, you're not just giving God a blind yes. This is something that is built on a foundation to say, God, I know you enough to trust you. That's where my yes. And then that yes turns into a fully loaded yes. We have to relinquish control and what we think we sh- and what we think should be and trust the journey and whatever it brings. He did not promise us comfort, but he promised to get us to a destination. So we have to trust the journey. God, if you introduce me, if you got me on this path, you'll get me there. He's not that vehicle that's going to break down on the side of the road through while you're in transit. He's not going to break down. He's going to take you to your destination. So a question, what have you learned about God? That can't be questioned. I just want you to write. So if you're if you're here, drop it in the chat. Just one thing that you know about God that can't be questioned, that has been tried in your life. Here's what I know about God. I know he's a healer. I know he's a provider. I know that he means me well. I know that he'll never leave me. I need y'all to type it because I can go on and on and on. One thing that you know about God. And do you still respond the same way to every repeated test and trial? 
Now it's different when it's a new when it's a new testing trial. But are you still are we still responding to old tricks, old trials, old tribulations like it's our first day? We have to always be growing in God. And every test and every trial shows us and reveals us a different aspect of God. But I shouldn't still be, if if, if my money gets short, I still shouldn't be frantic like God has never provided for me. And every single jam, whether he put it in my pocket or whether he got in the computer system, he always was Lord of finances because his word says that if I give my tithes and offering, then I make him Lord of my money. So that means that anything that happens with my money, God is in control of it. As long as I'm listening and obeying and, uh, and just listening, having him to come into me and give me direction. But am I still responding to old tests like they're new? Like I don't know this God, like he's never done it before. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Every move of God is strategic. And in Genesis, let me see, in Isaiah 55 and eight, it says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree. So we need to get over trying to figure this thing out. We need to get over trying to be a co-pilot with God. We only need one pilot, one driver in this situation. We, His thoughts, the way he tries, the way his strategic plan to get you where he wants you to be is not what you think it's going to be. He will take the foolish things to confound the rise. He will take something so minute and change your life. He will take something that seems to destroy you to make you the strongest person that you've ever been in life. The truth is until we give God our yes, we will never unlock our potential and power and not, and not be afraid of what that entails. So until you can give God that loaded, yes, you will never be ready for what God has for you. But until you can give God that loaded, yes, You will never unlock the potential that you don't even know that you have. So you have to give God that less. Let's look at a few people who gave God a yes that was not ready. Okay? So let's look at one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Joseph and Genesis chapter 37. And something in Joseph was a dreamer and he had this dream. Did he ask God for the dream? No, but it's an avenue to get him where he needs to be when he needs to be there. So something in Joseph had to agree with the dream to share it. Has God ever shared something with you that scared you to silence? When God shows you something that you're like, I don't even know. Where you got that from, God? Who are you talking to? That can't be me. That's not even my ability to do. I don't understand. And so something inside of him had to agree with this dream. Because I'm telling you, when God tell me something, I'll be like, don't tell me that. Just in case I saw something wrong on TV or just in case I misinterpreted it, I'm going to keep it to myself until I can't keep it to myself any longer. And um, 
not a good thing, but um, I need to practice just just doing it, you know, and I'm, I'm getting there. So <laughs> so let's see this. Here's a young man who had a dream. He didn't ask for the dream, but he shared the dream. He shared the dream with his family, not strangers, but with his family. Now, his brothers already didn't like him because he was favorited, favorited with his father. But even his father, when he told his father the second dream, his father even questioned it. Hmm. Like, we're going to be serving you, you know? So even in that, he still had the dream. But anyway, this jealousy and this envy, this thing spread it till they actually sold his brother. They actually wanted to kill him. But his brother Reuben said, let's not go that far. Pump the brakes. Let's not kill our brother. So that actually saved them, which ended up with when then Joseph ended up with Potiphar. And then y'all know the story. And in, in, in the in the palace, his the, the the man's wife came on to him and he's fighting her off. But even in that, the wife had a piece of his garment to actually come and accuse him of something that he didn't do, which landed him in prison. And then while in prison, Joseph held on to who God was, not his bitterness, no bitterness, no strife. He held on to who God was. And when, when the man needed an interpreter for his dreams, he said, it's not that I can interpret dreams, but there's nothing too hard for my God. My God can interpret anything. I just, have you ever just stopped to think, here's a man that's been betrayed, thrown in a pit, in a palace, got accused again of doing something that he did not do. And then he never completely, he never rehearses what has happened to him. How many of us could have been Joseph. A lot of us are still rehearsing what happened to us when God is trying to show us a destination, but we're in rehearsal of the past instead of allowing that thing to propel us into the future. So they actually, so Joseph had a dream, but he won't ready for the repercussions of the dream. So now we find it, I find it amazing that Joseph did not spend the rest of his life dis discussing the betrayal of the closest people to him. He basically said, Lord, I'm going to make this work for you and me. He showed how he should have been scared the rest of his life for and running from his brothers who betrayed him. But he kept giving God a loaded yes. And that yes kept preparing him for the next move. We need to stop discussing. I can't say it again. We need to stop discussing. There are some things that we need to refuse to talk about any longer and let it work for us. And if it's not a testimony, 
then we don't need to wallow in that moment any longer because it's delaying your destiny. And also while I'm here, don't adopt other people's pain either while you're in the process of preparation. It is important to stay as light as you can, laying aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets you. You have a destiny to get to and it's timed. It's timed. So we see here from a pit to a prison. And now we see at the end of the story, I'm going to give you the, the um, ADD, the ADHD version of it. I'm going to hurry up and get to the end of it. In the end of the story, after all he went through, there was a famine in the land. And Joseph, because of his fear for God, was put in power, put in leadership, put in control to save a whole nation, which included his family. So we see he won't ready for what the dream entails, but he kept giving God a loaded yes. And in the end, he was the one that ended up saving his family and a country because he kept giving God a loaded yes and did not sulk in betrayal, did not get sulk in ostr being ostracized and rejected and all of these other things. But he kept giving God a yes and his yes aligned him with a destiny so that he could rule and save lives and save lives. There it was a price for his power. And we can see in Genesis 50, 19 through 21, here's the attitude we need to have when we're talking about God aligning us. He said, Joseph replied, don't be afraid. Don't. Do I act for God? Do you see? You plan evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people, easy now, you have nothing to fear. I'll take care of you and your children. He reassured them, speaking with them heart to heart. And this is when he's talking to his brothers. He could have rejected his brothers. His family could have starved had he held on to a betrayal, to the grief, and not saw the journey as God being the driver. So we have to allow God to... He, we, we might not be ready, but I'm telling you, there, this is not a physical or intellectual journey. This is a journey of yeses. Yes, Lord. And God works out the rest of it. But there is a power. There is a price to this power. But you cannot be afraid of the price because the prize will always be greater than the price. And then let's look at Moses. He gave God every excuse he could not to be his spokesman, but God did not let him off. Moses won't ready. 
He refused to allow him to use his stutter as his handicap. He chose a man with great insecurity to lead a million people to safety. He showed, he showed Moses what he could do with a handicap. Everything he asked of him required him to use his handicap. So for all of us out there saying, God, I can't do this because I'm not smart enough. God, I can't do this because I don't have enough money. God, I can't do this because I don't have enough influence. God will take your handicap. He will take your insecurity and he will make it a part of your journey so that you have to keep using it over and over and over until your insecurity bows to the living God. And that insecurity now serves God. And it, that, that thing turns into your pride. It turns into a prize. It turns into your prize. So then here's Moses, 10 plagues and everything going on, going on is in the opposite direction. So can you imagine how this man starting off with so many insecurities and every time God asks him to move, everything moves in the opposite direction. Can you imagine how he felt? He won't ready. He won't ready for what God had for him. But then God got him ready in the ready. In the yes, God gets us ready. So I know he wanted to tell God, I told you so. But God was probably like, son, you're on limited thinking. I can do more with a handicap than I can with your skill. God will keep putting demands on those insecurities until it becomes your power. He will put demands on your insecurities until it becomes your power. Now let's, let's look at Abraham. Here's another person. Abraham took a bet. There's a barren couple. And then he, God told Abraham to leave everything that he was familiar with and follow God. Abraham won't ready, but he said, yes, Lord. See, this is what, what I'm saying is what's ahead of you. You don't know what's ahead of you. It's impossible to prepare for something that you don't know that's there. A potential that you don't know needs to be developed. But Abraham already, but he gave God a yes. He left everything that was familiar. He didn't know he was going to turn into the father of many nations. How could he prepare to be the father of many nations with no children? But his yes prepared him. So Abraham, he, he, he hears him and his wife at their old age, old age. And Abraham was extremely blessed. But it was one thing he wanted more than God's wealth. And that was a future. He wanted a heir, an heir to all the blessings that God gave him. So God eventually blessed him with an heir. He said, I'm going to make you father of many nations. And I'm sure Abraham was like, I ain't ready for this. I ain't raised one child and you're making me the father of many nations. Just, just take care of this first, Lord. But he won't ready. But his yes, that loaded yes that he gave him when he told him, leave everything that's familiar. And the thing about it is your yes has an action behind it. It's not just a silent yes. It's yes, Lord. And then there's a 
What do you have for me to do, Lord? And you keep on following God one step in front of the other. The thing that handicaps us is when we think that we can do it all in one shot. This is a daily walk, a daily yes, a moment by moment decision to be all that God asks you to be. So so then God blesses him with his you know, after a series of things, you know, he got he got a substitute. He got an Ishmael, but then he had his son, Isaac. But was he ready for the next step? The next step was give him back to me. And I'm sure they're on the way to to the um, slaughter or to to the sacrificial um, altar. I'm sure. I'm sure some things had to go on in his mind, but I'm sure that going back to that question, what has God proven to you that you know, that you know without a shadow of a doubt? Now, if God, the same God that could give him a child is the same God that it, I believe that he probably thought if he killed him, he could bring him back to life because he had already experienced the impossible and that's having a child. So, if God can birth a child, he definitely can raise a child. So he proceeded to go up. And then God, while when he was about, when he gave God that, uh, that next yes, which was, I will kill my son, God provided a ram for him in the bush. So, man, it's, it's just amazing. God will take us to the point of death to save our lives. He will take us to the point of death to save our lives. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Anyone that comes with me has to let me lead. Now it's not God's fault if he's not leading you. And that's very important. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul for? So let's look at another opponent. Let's look at Satan. He won't read he won't ready and he still ain't ready. Looking at the physical eye, he thought he had defeated Jesus on the cross. He had worked his way into the hearts of men and accusations that seemed like he won. His death was the pinnacle of all of his fighting, but he won't ready for the power that was about to hit the earth. It's time we see him as defeated. The devil is defeated. He is still defeated. The same power that Jesus had when he rose from the dead is the same power that's within you. Any The devil is only throwing little darts at you. The only person that can give him power is us. We are the only beings that can give him that power, but he won't ready and he still ain't ready for you. Once we give God that loaded, yes, he is still not going to be ready. He's winning small little battles now because we, we want to be in control. We want, to, we don't want to give God that full control. We are still afraid of suffering, but suffering is a part of your progress. And, and we learn by the things that we suffer. And it's okay. 
I personally have times when I won't ready. I won't ready. And I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I won't ready. How does God use someone who wrote letters to communicate to teach and mentor others? Bishop leave, Bishop, my, my, my Bishop would leave out of town sometimes. And I didn't know he left and called back home and said, you got Bible class tonight. But, 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 but I felt like Moses. What am I supposed to say? These people are used to your rich word and your revelation. Here I come and I don't feel like I know anything. But I won't ready. But I gave God a yes. And my yes turned into a ready. So that God can move through me. He, he He's not, look, he's not. It's not predicated on what you can do or I can do. It's predicated on what Minister Pittman said a few weeks ago, our availability. How available are you to God so that he can work through you? It's never about you. It's always about your yes and your and your availability to God. God is so good. And then I've had... I've been the topic of many conversations. I'm sure like Joseph, Joseph probably was was like, what what happened? I just shared a dream, but I've been the topic of many conversations. And this journey required me being lied on, experienced malicious gossip, slander without the opportunity to defend myself, but I needed it. It was for where I am now. And after, after you put money in folk pocket, pay their rent, like Bishop was talking about Sunday, give them rides, encourage them, pray them through, invest in them all privately, not with the stage, but privately. The first opportunity they get, they curse you, but you still have to give God a loaded yes. And now I can say, God, it was all necessary for my right now. And I'm not bitter and I'm not betrayed, but it was just a heavenly setup for where I am now. I I have faced death at least three times and have physically seen death reversed at least seven times. Kidneys and liver failing, a possible diagnosis of leukemia and lupus, skin shedding like a snake, double cancer simultaneously. I won't ready. I won't ready. But my yes was already loaded with healing. It was already loaded with miracles. It was already loaded with provision. It was already loaded with strength. And it was all necessary. And I remember the last time I was in the hospital, I said, Lord, this is a deal breaker. I almost, I felt Jesus inside of me standing up saying that enough is enough. I've seen enough. I know enough. And now, Lord, come through for me because kidneys failure is a deal breaker. Now, Lord, do your work. Heal me and let's go. Let's, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live. But if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But right now, I'm going to make my mind. And when I made up my mind, I'm telling y'all the whole truth. When I made up my mind to live, my numbers flipped. So when you make up your mind to live for God, things are going to start to change, turn around. When you make up your mind to be a consistent tither and a giver, your finances are going to turn around. Anybody out there a witness, when you make up your mind to say that God, I'm going 
going to please you regardless of the cost. Things are going to start turning around for you just like my numbers did. And when I got to the next doctor, she said, well, maybe you got a, a history in your family of lupus. Oh, now saw that same fire, that same determination was still in me saying, no, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live 100% healthy. And I sit before you today without no medications, no, I don't take no shots. My skin was not supposed to recover. Every time I have to tell people I had Steven Johnson syndrome, the first thing they look at is my skin. And guess what I get to say? God is good. He can do anything. So you see everything that you've gone through. Stop regretting it. Stop hiding it. Put it on front street because that's another avenue where God can deliver you. I have lost the love of my life and God knows I won't ready. But mind you, these things happen when I was doing my good servant for God. When I, when I felt like I was doing my good service for God, that's when all of these things were happening and nothing stopped. Just because you're going through, God does not stop the ridicule. He does not stop um, people from talking. He doesn't, he doesn't stop things from happening in your life just because you're going through. Because that's the pressure that you need to birth your purpose. It's all necessary. It's all necessary. So even if you're out there, you you giving God your all and you're doing your good serving, hang in there because help is on the way. It's a part of your destiny. It's a part. It's that locked and loaded. Yes. And everything you need is in your day to day, moment to moment. Yes. But God never wants us to be comfortable in our strength. I was ready to lose my identity. I was confident. That was my best friend, my earthly anchor. But God knew if he didn't take him, I would never evolve. God always does so many things at one time. One time, one move of God, and he changes everything. But it hurts. It hurt each one of these facets that I just talked about hurt. But what did the scripture say? Embrace suffering because it won't always be suffering. One day it's going to be your prize, but it's necessary. Stop sulking in what you're going through. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and say, for God, I live and for God, I die. And without God, I have nothing. I have nothing to depend on. Sometimes God has to do a sudden work to shock us into decisions, but hold on to your loaded yes. God knows what's required for your destiny. He knew that people's opinion could not be greater than his. So he let people turn their back on you. He knew my violent temper and he knew I had to release fighting and murder. Mind you, I was the one that chased my sisters with butcher knives. I would black out and I didn't know when I came back. So God had to get all of that stuff out of me. He knew that as long as I had the one person in my corner, that I would never fully rely on him. He knew there was un an untouched audience of people who were grieving and hurting that needed to need 
that needed to hear not somebody else's voice, but my voice. He attached me to a miracle man so that I could have a front row seat to see what was possible to God. And because of that track record, when I actually ended up in the hospital, I had a reference point to say, God, I, I saw you when he wasn't supposed to wake up and he, his brain was not supposed to wake up for months and he woke up in a matter of hours. I saw you reverse paralysis in less than 30 minutes the left side completely paralyzed and in 30 minutes you had healed that I saw you when you had him lose his mind and the next thing I know he was calling my name God I know what you can do and every experience was necessary I won't ready I never would have agreed to his terms had I known had I had an option but now I would not trade my experiences for all the wealth and status of the world. I can say tonight, July the 21st of 2021, that I know God. And, and you can say the same thing if you just look at it as a part of my destiny. I'm no different than you. Maybe you have become sick. Maybe you probably have been lied on. Maybe you've been ostracized. Maybe you've been ridiculed. Maybe you've been deserted. Maybe you were the one fired and worked the hardest. Maybe you lost your home or a loved one. Maybe you are frustrated with your kingdom progress. Maybe you are home asking why me, Lord? It's our misery, our misery and stagnation. You ain't ready for what God has in store for you. Stay in the moment as Rand and Jessica said. It's not your fault as Bishop said. You may not be the first choice, but you are the one, says Chuck. The violent taken by force, says Bishop Harris. It's not your ability, but your availability, says Minister Antonio Pittman. And even if... I still, says Tion Thorne. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance and develop strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope will not lead to disappointment. One more time. This hope will not lead to disappointment for we know we for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love it's a chain reaction it's a chain reaction and the process doesn't end until we have it all the process doesn't end until we have it all until you have patience till you have endurance till you have perseverance the process keeps going on until you're built and, and fortified in Jesus Christ where you are going requires an upgraded you. Let faith become your tour guide. Let your faith become your tour guide. Your yes prepares you for your ready. It's a moment by moment decision. There is something physical is not something physical or intellectually you can prepare for. It, it will require midnight struggles like Jacob. 
I won't let go till you bless me. It will require the drive of a woman with the issue of blood. If only I can touch the hem of his garment. It will require the allegiance of Daniel not to bow before the king or bow before situations that come in your life. It will require the muster that says, I, if I perish, I perish. It will require the focus of David. One thing that I've desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. You will have to step out, out despite opinions, despite risk, despite, despite failure, despite past track records and our perception of things. Don't allow maintenance become your substitute for growth. Don't allow maintenance become your substitute for growth. Keep in step with your season. You're in a season. Keep in step with your season. And Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. The purpose of the struggle is to define something in life. He made me need him. The struggle is to make me need him so that God is unveiled. He's a brilliant box waiting to be discovered. And every struggle that I face, I end up knowing a different aspect of God. It was all necessary. I won't ready, but my loading yes got me there. And Romans 12, 11 through 13 says, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expected. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. And in my conclusion, you may be the you. This may all be new to you. And I don't want to take for granted that all of my listeners know all of these stories and understand what I'm saying when I say yes. But yes means to choose God's way and to live on his terms. All of this can be found in his love letter called the Bible. It is our manual to keep us safe and protected. Then there is the Holy Spirit, which is God in us. And it's available. Simply ask God to forgive you for your sins and ask him to fill you with the free gift of the Holy Spirit. He will cast all your sins in the sea of forgiveness. And the only person that can bring them back up is you and give you a clean slate, give you a fresh start, give you fresh wind. The Holy Spirit will become your guide and your protection. And so tonight you might not be ready, but give God your loaded yes. Be available and you will see one day every struggle that you went through. You're going to give God praise and say, God, it had to be that way. And it made me who I am today. God bless you. I love you. Thank you all for tuning in. May God be your strength and your guide. And don't forget, it's moment by moment. A loaded yes. You won't ready. But give God your loaded yes. God bless you.